Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to Sharp Lessons. Appreciate everyone joining us. Happy Friday. If you're listening to this when you're waking up on Saturday, happy Saturday. Uh, Nate, we're ready for football. Nate Jacobson, Ben Wittenstein. Week one of college football is right around the corner. It's about 24 hours from when we're recording right now. We could not be more excited. And our Friday episodes of Sharp Lessons, Nate, is all picks. It's pick day. We're picking all the games that we like. We're doing our best bets giving some attractive underdogs. Once the NFL runs around, we're going to be doing brunch time winners. We're really excited for the Friday episodes for Sharp Lessons because we have a lot of picks to give out. We'll be putting those picks on social media at Stadium Bets on Twitter. We'll be posting them um, on Instagram, on our personal Twitters. You can find our picks everywhere, Nate, and uh, we're really excited to to give them out on Friday. Yeah, so on Monday, we're kind of kind of analyze the market. Wednesday, kind of give some updates. But if you're just here to make bets and don't really want the analysis, maybe a little bit of analysis, kind of an explanation of where we're coming from and why we are putting our hard-earned money into a side or total, then listen to this episode because it will be a good rundown of what we are going to bet and maybe some stuff where we're thinking about betting and waiting on a few things in terms of where the number's going to go. So today we're going to start with college because Saturday is the full uh, slate, first full slate of the season for week one college football. It was nice to get a little bit of a taste last night with so many games happening at the same time. But this is the real thing coming up this weekend. And we already had some games Thursday night. Uh, I took North Carolina State at uh, minus 19, which I usually don't hit those spreads too often, but it looked too juicy not to. And that was an easy one. They won 45 nothing. So that one, love to not sweat out the first college football bet of the season. So hopefully all of the rest of them throughout the whole entire year are like that. Um, and we had uh, some sweats, too. We had some sweats the the Minnesota-Ohio State game. Um, if you had the over, you're looking pretty good. But if you picked the side, uh, that 14-point spread came down to the wire, and uh, it pushed if you had 14. Yeah, you probably were feeling pretty good. Actually, you were feeling good early if you had an Ohio State ticket. They get out to a 10 nothing lead. You're thinking, okay, this could be an absolute bludgeoning in Minnesota, maybe getting the crowd out of it. And then Minnesota comes back, takes the lead at halftime. So now there was almost seemed like a lot of people on Twitter were doing their victory laps because they had the, uh, they had the uh, courage to bet on Minnesota as a big underdog <laughs> at home against mighty Ohio State. And then all of a sudden, Ohio State – they score a touchdown, and they get a defensive touchdown. Now they're winning by double digits, and all the people who had Minnesota probably were very nervous. Of course, the game lands on 14. It was 13, 13 and a half. Some places 14 and a half, and it landed right in the middle of 14. So kind of a, a good lesson, I guess, to make sure to get the best of the number when you're betting. If you got Minnesota plus 13 and a half, that was inexcusable. You should have got 14, and that's the difference between a push and a loss. So make sure you're always shopping around. But it was good to see the first marquee game of the season having spread drama, even though Ohio State at the end pulled away. 
I love it. Inexcusable. You're already shaming betters for taking 13 and a half. A very, that's a crucial number, so I get it, but, it uh, it's early it Friday and you're already crucifying some people for their, for their first week one college football bets. I love it. Yeah, I have no um, problem with doing it. I just want to make sure that people, you know, learn their lesson early on in the season oh, yeah. because when there's more college football games and a lot more NFL, uh, you're going to make, want to make sure that, uh, every, let's say every point counts, especially in, in the NFL that will, We'll talk about later on this season. And we had one more sweat, and it was on stadium. Late night, yeah. after dark, UNLV, EWU. It was uh, it was an interesting game. I was watching some of it halftime, 6-3, to three, Nate, and then uh, all hell broke loose. Yeah, I was actually watching it, too, and I fell asleep with the game on because the game was on, started at 9 p.m. local time, and... With all the football going on, kind of was a little tired uh, late at night, so didn't catch the end of it, read about this morning. But basically what you have to know is the total closed 66.5 in Eastern Washington, UNLV, 6-3 at halftime, looks like a, a dead under, 20-20 at the end of the regulation, and the only reason it got to overtime is because Eastern Washington's kicker misses a 31-yard field goal, and when that happens, everything breaks loose in overtime because – UNLV scores a touchdown. Eastern Washington answers 27-27. Eastern Washington scores a second touchdown to start off the second overtime. And with the new college rules this year, make sure you know this before putting money on or, you know, know it while you're watching the game because there's going to be a lot of uh, college overtime with the new rules probably determined uh, with the point spread. But Eastern Washington, because they scored first in overtime, they had to go for two. So if in the second overtime, if you score a touchdown, instead of going for one, you have to go for two. That rule used to be the start of the third overtime. So Eastern Washington, on a crazy play, you can check it out on the stadium Twitter account, got a two-point conversion to go up 35-27. to 27. So now if you have the under, you need a stop. You can't have UNLV score a touchdown. Of course, quarterback runs in, rushes, gets a touchdown. 35-33, misses a two-point conversion, lands on 68, goes over 66.5, nine points in the first half, 59 in the second half, and overtime. Shout-out to our friend from last week, a friend of the show, Sam Penianovich, who gave out the over in that game and was texting me during <laughs> it. So good on you, Sam. I know that's not how you want to win your bets, but, hey, you deserve it because you're a hardworking guy, and you know there's going to be some bad beats along the way, and they're all going to balance out at the end. We'll have our sweats of the week uh, on Monday talking about all the games uh, from Saturday. Hopefully no one has to sweat too much, but uh, it, it is usually inevitable when you're betting a ton of games on Saturday. And with that being said, Nate, let's get into our picks for Saturday. Um, I've got some picks for Friday night as well. So we'll just go back and forth, give everyone the picks, give a little reason why, um, and hopefully people can tail us and make some money from that. Uh, I'll go first. Let's do the Wisconsin-Penn State game. Go to the Big Ten. And this is kind of the Big Ten game of the week for a lot of people. Um, this is two teams, as we talked about on Monday, who had a just a disastrous 2020 injuries and COVID and not living up to expectations, and they were struggling to even play some games at some points. So these are two teams that have a lot to prove coming into this year. Uh, but with that being said, Wisconsin, a defensive team, Nate. Penn State, uh, fairly defensive as well, even though they don't have Micah Parsons anymore. Under 50, I'm going to hit the under for this game. I think it's one of those classic Big Ten games. This is a big under pick for me. Um, I have a ton of under picks for the rest of the day as well, so this is just the first of many. But I do like the Wisconsin-Penn State under 50 
If it ticks below that 49, 48 and a half, I'd probably stay away. I like that 50 number and above. Um, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna think Wisconsin keeps running the ball. Graham Mertz is coming back, but he's not gonna be someone who lights up the scoreboard with his deep shots. So Penn State, Wisconsin, under 50. All right. I like what you're saying. Big 10 game, early start. My only concern would be that was I'm pretty high on Wisconsin's offense this year. Maybe I'm making too much of a leap and trusting Graham Mertz a little too much because outside of that opening game, and I know he had a lot of issues with COVID, but maybe he's all more hype than actually a good player. So I, I, I like Wisconsin a little bit. It's at five and a half right now. That's a pick I'm going to consider. Uh, yeah. The, the only way I can look in this game is Wisconsin. It's definitely not going to be a best bet, but I think it might be a small play on the Badgers for me. I know we broke down this game more on Wednesday's show, so I don't want to go too much into it, but uh, it's Wisconsin minus the point, small play. Uh, hope to get a better number tomorrow morning. And we do want to mention, if you want to read some of our picks that we have, watchstadium.com. We have uh, now a weekly article every Friday that comes out with our college football picks, Nate, myself, uh, and this week, Kate Constable. So we've got three people making picks if you want to go read about that at watchstadium.com. Bama-Miami, Nate, the big game uh, in the SEC for Bama, but they are very heavy favorites, 18 and a half, 19-19.5 at some places. I am tempted to take Bama and and the points simply because you're really betting against Nick Saban doing something he has only done like two or three times in his career, which is not cover the spread in the opening week with Alabama. Um, so I, uh, I, I'm i going to probably stay away from the side, maybe take a little bit later if it goes a little bit lower. But I do like the under in this one. Under 61 um, is the number that I'm seeing right now for uh, most of these Sports books. I think a 61 is pretty much the number is most agreed on. So I think Alabama can win. I, I They may win by 20, and they may cover that spread. I'm just very worried about Miami scoring. Um, and I know people are high in Derek King, and and people who like Miami and who are going to be betting Miami, I think, are talking about how Derek King's going to come back. He's going to look great. He's got a whole offseason to work with the coaches and everything like that. But it's one of those things where it's – it's like I don't believe it until I see it. You know, he's coming off an ACL injury. He's coming off rehabbing and, and having to deal with injury issues all offseason long, trying to rehab the ACL. I just how, – how effective he's going to be in week one against a really tough Alabama defense, probably one of the better defenses they've had in a very long time. I just don't see Miami picking up their end of the point total. So Alabama may score 40, 45. You know, is Miami going to be able to score two touchdowns on this team? It's a, I just don't believe in Eric King this early on in the season. So I'm going to go under 61 with the total for uh, for Miami, Alabama. Yeah, I'm in complete agreement. This is going to be my best bet of the second best bet of the uh, of the week, along with UCLA, which we gave out on Wednesday. I wrote about this in the article on WatchSam.com with with the roundtable that we did, and 61 under in this game i know you said alabama could score 40 or 45 but i'm actually a little bit worried about alabama's offense too they had six players drafted of the top 37 of the draft last year and i think the even more important of a loss other than mac jones the quarterback that's always very important but c sarkeesian gone from texas the offensive coordinator this year and in comes former houston texans head coach bill o'brien and i could see him starting off slow and kind of 
getting used to a, a new job, um, especially in a in a big game like this against Miami. He's not getting eased into it against a, a non-conference team in Miami. Probably the strength of their team is their defense. Manny Diaz, our head coach, defensive-minded guy. And Alabama also starting a new quarterback in Bryce Young. So I could see some growing pains early on from Alabama's offense and the defense being more ahead of them. And, and when Miami has the ball, you, you mentioned your concerns with De'Ara King. And I have to think Miami knows it's very unlikely they win this game. But if they lose this game, it's not like they're going to be docked a lot of uh, a negative points, I guess, in, in terms of, I mean, this is a non-conference game, so it doesn't harm their chances of winning the ACC. And if they take care of business, and I don't think they will, I actually think that they are going to go under nine and a half wins. Under nine is probably the prevailing number right now. But if they win out, at least the Miami program thinks that they probably be able to make the college football playoff, and including the ACC victory. So I don't think they're going to want to push De'Ara King too much into the fray. He tore his ACL in the bowl game. It's a, still a kind of a, a quick turnaround, was it eight months? So I could see them being very cautious with De'Ara King in a game they have to know they're very unlikely to win. Yeah, I, it just this seems like a, a game that, is destined for the under, and I'm glad we have that uh, that tail there for Bama Miami under 61. All right, the big game of the weekend: Georgia Clemson total at 51, and right now the spread is still, I believe, Georgia or Clemson minus three. Um, I like the under, Nate. I I like the under 51. I think these are two very similar teams when you look at them from above and they're, you know, Clemson is starting the new quarterback and Georgia is starting a relatively new quarterback and JT Daniels, who was 4-0 and last season, but this is the first season starting completely week one for the team. Um, both teams really good defenses this year. The combination of new quarterbacks, really good veteran defenses on both sides, I like the under. I think it's going to be a grit and grind type of game. Under 51, you know, I could see a 24-21 type of game happening for something like this and that, you know, you push on the spread. So I like under 51, Georgia Clemson. Yeah, I'm in agreement there. So you can uh, – we, we'll tail that one. Under that, I, I did explain a little bit on Wednesday why I like the under. Just kind of thinking that both – defenses ahead of the offense, Kirby Smart, defensive-minded head coach. I could see both teams playing this game very conservatively. Just kind of that idea that in a big game, you don't want to be the first team to make a mistake. You don't want to be the team that causes a turnover. You don't want to be the team that gets pinned in your own territory and ends up with bad field position. So when it comes to the side, I'm pretty torn. I lean Georgia. Uh, like Georgia in general this year. Maybe this isn't the game for them, but there's going to be plenty of opportunities from them later in the year where even if they lose, it's not going to hurt their college football playoff resume as long as they win the rest of their games. But the under, definitely the way I'm going to look in this game in Charlotte between Georgia and Clemson. And you know how bullish I am on on Georgia because I picked their over 10.5 wins for this season. And again, they could lose this game and still get that over 10.5, but... I love the spot that they're in. I I think they probably can win this game. It's not going to be my best bet, but okay. I may sprinkle a little bit on the Georgia money line. I may do that. It's not. I'm not going to make it a best bet though. I was going to ask if you wanted the Bulldogs as part of your uh, your best best card, but as a uh, you know Georgia Can't football, do that. 
I think you even said last podcast, you spoke so highly of Georgia, and you're like, okay, now they're going to get absolutely blown out because we're, oh, we're praising yeah. him. But you're not alone, Ben. A lot of people like Georgia. A lot of people like this Georgia team. Uh, this is kind of where Kirby has his his guys, his full recruiting class. And if you believe in recruiting rankings, Georgia should be one of the top teams in the country. And, and certainly the future's odds indicate that. And, and you know, this is, yeah, all the stars are aligning for Georgia. So I, I think they could have a very good shot at winning this game. Not going to make it my best bet, but I do like the under for it. Um, I'll go for my spot, MSU and Northwestern. Northwestern Michigan State Friday night game. This is tonight as we record. Um, I'm going to stick with the Big Ten unders, Nate. I'm going to stick with Big Ten unders until I am proven wrong that the Big Ten – cannot do unders, especially with Michigan State and Northwestern. It's two teams who, they have a lot of question marks coming into the season, and Northwestern and Michigan State. I, I, I mean, Michigan State, I don't think they even knew who their starting quarterback was up until, you know, this week or so. I think Mel Tucker was still trying to decide who, who's going to be starting for the Spartans. Um, and, and Northwestern's coming in with a good defense, and offensively there's some question marks. So I like the under 46. It's a low number, but... Northwestern at home tends to hit the under, um, and especially against the Michigan State team with struggles offensively, or at least question marks offensively. Under 46, Michigan State, Northwestern is my pick. I, I like the idea, um, especially if at Northwestern, at uh, at Ryan Field, a lot of times when Northwestern is playing a more talented team, uh, they'll let the grass grow a little higher, so it's a little bit of a slower track. <laughs> I don't know if Michigan State, maybe it used to, uh, they used to qualify as a more talented team, uh, but right now they're probably equal in talent. Uh, I know we talked about this game early in the week, how the line has moved a lot in the summer. Northwestern opened up near a touchdown favorite. Now it's down to three. Uh, whenever there's a game like this where, there, where there's line movement on the underdog, um, especially Big Ten game, uh, decent weather, so you're not going to have to worry about that tonight. But I, I would always kind of look towards the under in these style of games. So I'm not going to bet it, but I, um, I, I, your logic makes sense. Let's just put it that way. That's all I need. I just need the logic to make sense, and if it loses, I can live with myself as long as the logic's there. All right. I'll stick with a pick of my own in the Big Ten, and it's a game that honestly has gotten away from me a little bit, so it's not going to be a best bet, but a small play on Iowa. Let's see if it gets down to minus three tomorrow. Um, it was minus three earlier in the week, was three and a half, and then it looked like yesterday there was just kind of a big line move on Iowa to get them up to four against Indiana, a game we've talked about this week. I'm just not a huge believer in this Indiana team this year and think they're a little overvalued. I think we've talked about it many times, especially because Ben is Indiana grad about how uh, just last year everything went right for them. So don't want to, uh, you know, talk too much about this game. I think we kind of know where we stand on. I know in the article, Ben, the Indiana grad, so this was the game he's tempted to bet on but shouldn't, and it was Indiana. And then Kate, who is an Iowa alum, made her case for Iowa. So I felt like I was kind of in between. Um, and I'm going to I'm going to pick Iowa in this game. Not sure um, if I'm going to how big of a bet it's going to be. But if it gets down to minus three, it, it would have probably been like best bet territory. But since it's minus four, it's not going to be part of the best bet uh, um, inclusion. I, I, that's fair enough. I think 
at plus four, I like Indiana a little bit more. But I, again, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to take a side. As I wrote in the article, I just, I can't, I can see this game going so many different ways that it's hard for me to pinpoint where I think it's going to go. So I'm probably going to stay away. But betting on Iowa at home after a tough season last season, I, I don't think you can go wrong doing something like that. UCLA, UCLA, LSU, out west, in the Rose Bowl, UCLA plus three. I am taking the Bruins, Nate. Love the Bruins in this spot, and we talked about it all week long. Uh, I think all three of us in the article on WatchStadium.com wrote about UCLA as being one of our best picks this week at plus three um, against an LSU team that has had to move practice from, from LSU to Houston because of Hurricane Ida, and they've been having to deal with hurricane issues, and UCLA looked really good in their Week Zero win against Hawaii. Um, they're going to be playing at home for a second week in a row. I think this is a good spot, UCLA plus three. Yeah, all three of us had in the article, and I didn't tell Kate at all about our idea about picking UCLA. That was all on our own, so this wasn't like some sort of collaborative effort on our part yeah. where we're like, okay, we're just going to all pick UCLA, because I feel like that'd be kind of lame if we all knew we were picking UCLA and just were wrote it all. So this was like legit, like I got sent the picks, had no idea what the picks were going to be, so we're actually truly Bruins plus three. Uh, got down to two and a half yesterday so at some places and places we like to shop at. It got back to plus three. Some places you might have to lay a dollar fifteen, but that's fine. I think UCLA wins this game straight up. So that was our best bet Ooh. for Wednesday. So uh, no no need to talk about it because if you listen to the Wednesday show, you already have a UCLA plus three ticket in your account. That's smart. I think if this was later on in the season, we'd be a little bit more bold and pick UCLA money line. But I like the I like the plus three here. Week one, you play it a little safe. UCLA uh, with the points here. Uh, my final bet for this week: UNC tonight minus five and a half against Virginia Tech on the road. I I am very high on UNC. I really like UNC. I think Sam Howell is going to be one of the better quarterbacks in the country this season, um, and that offense is is going to look really good. I think defensively, I think they've improved since last season, um, even more than they were uh, during the last season during COVID. I, I just really like the spot that UNC is in this season, and and I think their ranking shows that. And I think Mac Brown is has been a coach who's shown he can be capable of coaching in some of these bigger games. And it's a tough Week One slate for him um, at Virginia Tech, but I'm taking them, taking the points, minus five and a half. I like UNC tonight. I'm interested to watch that game, that's for sure. The only thing holding me back is we're going to get fans in the crowd. Virginia Tech, a tough place to play. UNC lost their top two running backs, top two receivers to the NFL. I know that Mac Brown has recruited better, so they should be able to have replacements for those players and throughout the team. But in the first game, I kind of want to see – a little bit of what they look like as a team and, and not take the uh, the road favorite in a conference game on a Friday night and what I expect to be a raucous crowd in Blacksburg. All right, you have a final what? Yeah, a final pick, and this is something I haven't talked about at all on the show or really anywhere. I just brought it up to you today. But I like Utah State, and they're at Washington State, and this is more of a fade against Washington State. Utah State catching 17-and-a-half, 6-to-1 on the money line. Washington State just seems like they're going through a lot of issues. I know Nick Rolovich wasn't at Pac-12 Media Day because he wasn't vaccinated or, and isn't vaccinated. Um, and then a, a player on Washington, D. C., uh, Washington State who was kicked off the team 
sued Rolovich because he was complaining about potential exposure to COVID and then some other things that were going on. So I just feel like the Washington State program, not in a really good place right now. They all never are a team that can recruit well. It's probably hard to pull kids from pull to Pullman, Washington. Mike Leach wasn't like a great recruiter, but he made the most of it with his scheme. And now I think they have a huge drop off because the kids players aren't very talented and it's a huge downgrade in terms of head coach innovation and, and the offense and kind of being that exciting run and gun Pac twelve team. Utah State has a new coach, Blake Anderson, came from Arkansas State. So maybe it's a little bit of work in progress there, but I don't I don't think Washington State should be this big of a favorite. So it's not going to be a full best bet, but I'll definitely have a bet uh, on the late night game tomorrow night. One of the late night games. Actually, it looks like it's the latest night game on the board. So really something to cover every hour of the day for you. We started off with the 11 a.m. local with Wisconsin, Penn State, and now uh, we have the on late night. I guess 11 p.m. Eastern time, Utah State, Washington State, 8 p.m. local. Uh, I like the Aggies of Utah State plus the points and maybe a little bit on the money line uh, just because the situation at Washington State, maybe it's worse than it is, and it's a highly volatile team. So those were some of our best bets. Later on in the coming weeks, we're going to have our listener best bets. So tweet at Stadium Bets with your best bets. We'll we'll send out a tweet every week. We just kind of wanted to see how the flow of this worked for week one. But week two, we're going to tweet it out, and then you can reply with your best bets for the week, and, and we'll read them on the show um, when you send them on uh, Thursdays is what we'll do. And, of course, we'll have those articles coming out every single Friday that you can read um, on that. And then once the NFL starts, I think I'll probably have a little bit fewer college football bets. We'll, we'll see how the board looks. But, of course, we'll have our best NFL bets next week for week one of NFL. And before we finish off, Nate, we have to hit our attractive underdogs. And we have a couple teams. Utah State was one of those attractive underdogs that we wanted to hit. But there's a couple other teams that look pretty attractive as the underdog right now. Well, I know in the article we both mentioned uh, two teams. You mentioned Louisiana. They're playing Texas. They're about a plus 260, plus 270 underdog on the money line at Texas. So, do you want to talk about kind of why you like Louisiana in this game, or is it more just kind of a uh, it's you know a ranked on ranked team catching eight, a team returning a lot, and Texas as a first year head coach? Yeah, I mean it's a little definitely a little bit of that. I, I Steve Sarkeesian, I just I cannot trust until I see him actually have results. Now that's not to say I, I don't think Texas is probably not going to lose this game. I picked them as one of the more viable heavy underdogs to maybe win just because first year head coach Louisiana's looked pretty good in the past. But the point spread I think could be an actual pretty good spot to hit Louisiana. I know the game's at Texas, but I think that could be a spot with especially two ranked teams. Louisiana's ranked for a reason. Now I, they're not on Texas's level in terms of talent or recruiting and probably even coaching, but I think that could be a good spot to hit him as as plus eight and a half. I think it is right now for him as it's been kind of moving a little bit. Um, if I'm looking at the correct line, um, it's at nine at some spots. You can hit him yeah. at plus nine. So that might be a solid spot to hit Louisiana as, as one of those uh, attractive underdogs. Yeah, and that was a game where it's moved quite a bit. I think we talked about that game on Monday and, and maybe Wednesday too, but we said that that line opened double digits and, now there's money, yeah. and that, that's a game I'm tempted about Louisiana, but I just at this current price, at least on the spread, um, I don't I don't want to take eight when I could have taken ten. Uh, another underdog I like 
we'll have a we'll have a small bet on them, maybe a little bit on the money line because I wrote about it in the article. But Rice, <laughs> they are yeah. playing Arkansas one o'clock local time start, and this was our look ahead spot of the game. Arkansas or a look ahead spot of the week. Arkansas has that big game primetime game against Texas next week, and maybe they're overlooking Rice a little bit. I know you should never look. Um, look ahead and overlook your week one opponent. But if there was a situation where that's possible, maybe Arkansas next week is thinking ahead to Texas and Rice can just kind of hang around and at least keep it within the number. So, I mean, for fun, maybe put a little bit of money on the money line. But I I think that Rice (laughs) plus the points is at least going to be a small play for me. And then another small play, UTSA against Illinois. Illinois coming off that big win against Nebraska in week zero, Brett Bielema's first game in charge. It was like kind of the spotlight game because it was one of the uh, the only you know power five on power five or only conference game in week zero. So I could see Illinois having a little bit of a disappointment. Uh, I'm not sure the latest on the status of their quarterback, Brandon Peters. It didn't look very optimistic or middle of the week. So they might be starting – um, I, I can't forget his name, but he's, I know he transferred from Rutgers and he played actually pretty decent against Nebraska, but maybe he's a little bit, uh, overconfident and it's going to be a little too amped up for this game against UTSA, um, knowing that he's the starter if he does start. So going to see where that line goes and probably play UTSA against Illinois. So I think that's the attractive underdog list, Rice, Louisiana, UTSA and Utah State. I like it. I, our tour Sitkowski, right? Isn't that his name? The quarterback yes. for Illinois. Yes. Yeah, we'll see what we'll see what happens with that. I, I think that's a really good spot for for UTSA as well. And if Illinois was historically a better team, even historically, like in the past two or three years, I would probably hit them after a win like that against Nebraska. But just they're Illinois and they're coming off a big win. It's a lot like how I feel as an Indiana fan where you have a great win, a a program defining win week one, and you take none of that momentum with you into week two and uh, you lose that game. So we'll see what Illinois can do. I I think that UTSA plus five and a half is a pretty solid spot. Um, I think that'll, Pretty much do it, Nate, unless you have any other picks you want to give out. I think that's that's our best bets for, for week one of college football. We're really excited to get that started. NFL is next week, so we'll have even more picks coming from that, more attractive underdogs. We have a brunch time winner, which Nate will explain next week uh, as one of our new segments uh, for Best Bets Friday. But for now, good luck to everyone. You can catch up with what we like on WashStadium.com for our article, and we'll uh, see you all on Monday. <laughs>